Hello, and welcome to the weekly podcast of C2 Church in Columbia, Missouri. What makes a strong, growing church? What makes this church, C2 Church, a strong and growing church? It's people like Karis. It's volunteers. It's people who are serving. That's what makes a strong and growing church. And we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning as we continue our I Love My Church series. We're in in the third installment. I encourage you, if you haven't been with us, to get the other two uh, messages uh, from the last two weeks. I really appreciated Pastor Jason's message last week. How many of you appreciated that message? It's good. And you can, you can certainly uh, listen to those uh, at c2church.com. You can click on the, the media link and, and go to our podcasts there. My wife and uh, my kids and I were traveling uh, a couple summers ago. We got a, an opportunity to go to Florida, and we like to get up each morning and go down to the beach because that's the best time to get shells. We love collecting shells. How many of you know when you, you love collecting shells when you go to the beach, right? That's, you, that's like an obligation. You can clap for that. That's totally cool. That's all right. So in our house, we have about a million shells now, give or take a million. I mean, you can't throw them away because they're, they're each special, right? So we have all these shells in our house, and we love it. Well, one of the, one of the mornings we were down there, uh, we noticed uh, a group of people kind of standing up uh, aw- away from the surf, and they all had the same color t-shirt on. They were kind of working intentionally and purposefully, it seems, so we kind of wandered up there and we're like, hey, what you doing? And they're like, oh, we are beach walkers, and we found a turtle nest. And so we're protecting it, we're marking it, we're calling it in to the turtle people. I don't, <laughs> not sure where they called. Uh, but they were doing this work, and uh, they explained to us how the turtles come up, uh, up the beach, and they, they see where the markings are, and, and each morning that they walk, they look for these uh, so they can then mark the nest so they can protect it. And then when it's time for uh, the eggs to hatch, they can protect the, the babies as they make their way out to sea. So they're assisting Mother Nature, apparently. But they are protecting it because there are so many people walking the beach that it's, it's possible that the nest might be disturbed or stepped on or driven over. So they do their best to, to help out. So I thought that was rather inspiring. These people get up every morning and walk the beach seven days a week, 365 days a year. And I have to say, volunteering to walk the beach every morning, not the toughest gig in the world, right? I mean, come on. Uh, And they each walk about a mile, give or take, each morning. So a mile down one way and a mile back. So actually two miles. Uh, But you see what I'm, okay, you're with me. But what impressed me is their commitment to this. They do it every morning. Every day of the week, their mile, and there's thousands of miles on the Florida coast that th- these people are walking, and they each do their part. Added up, they cover the whole coast of Florida. Aren't you impressed by that? This is, this is for a turtle. They do all this for a turtle. They value that life. I, I ask them, well, what happens if you're sick? Who covers your mile? What happens? They say, oh, we, we contact each other. And see if someone else can cover our mile for the day. And they say, we, we are glad to, to go the extra mile. I thought, man, that is biblical. <laughs> Rain or shine, hot or cold, uh, they're out there. And they plan their schedule around it. Some of them are retirees, so that's a little easier. Some of them work full-time jobs, and, and they just schedule their life around it. I'm going to take a, a sidebar to this. They value the life of a turtle. I love turtles. I love all animal life, uh, except for mosquitoes. 
Um, that they're willing to do this for a turtle speaks to me of, 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 of a great heart. But how much more so is the value of a human life? We celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day uh, this weekend, a man who demonstrated that all life is valuable. This Sunday also marks uh, Sanctity of Life Sunday as we take a moment to, to pray for the unborn and we speak to the right to life. Would you take a moment with me to pray for this issue? Uh, it's, I, I remind people it's not a political issue. Before, before the right to life became a political issue, it was a biblical issue. It's spoken of in Scripture. Scripture tells us that before you and I were formed in our mother's womb, God knew us. All the pages of our life were, were written. And so it speaks to the value of the unborn. Would you take a moment with me to pray for those leading the charge in this issue and for all those affected? Certainly in this room, there are people who may have made the choice to have an abortion and the, the things that come along with that emotionally and physically. And we lift you up in prayer as well today. Would you bow your heads with me? Father God, you are the creator of all things. You're the giver of life. And I pray you give us strength and courage to stand for justice for every life. And because every person matters to you, they matter to us. And so I pray for life at all stages. For life in the womb, for life from birth to babyhood, for the toddler years, for elementary age, for the tweenagers and teenagers, for college students and young adults, for those in middle age, the golden years, and for those in hospital, hospice. Thank you for life, no matter where we find ourselves. You are the giver of life. You give and take away. And we praise you because all life matters to you. We pray, Father, you would give us wisdom, for we recognize our fight is not against people, but against evil. And not against doctors, but against the devil himself who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Let our love destroy the works of darkness as we, your church, your people, build a bridge to those who feel trapped in life's circumstances and offer them love and support. We pray for our ministry partner, New Life Clinic here in Columbia, and their ministry to those who are looking for options during their pregnancy. Father, my heart is heavy for those who suffer in silence today and this weekend. Somehow, some way, you would touch their heart tenderly in those wounded places for decisions they may regret and the emotion, emotions they carry from that. We thank you that you are God of great, unconditional love. Would you show them that today? that they can walk in dignity as a loved, a dearly beloved child of yours. We thank you for that great love extended to every life. May we be carriers of that everywhere we go. It's in the matchless name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Like I said, I'm impressed by people who are dedicated for that cause, especially the, the turtles, uh, for animal life. I'm impressed by Dr. Martin Luther King. Because Dr. King, one of the great leaders of our country, was an inspiration in and of himself and a great example for what we're talking about today, a life of service. In fact, I want you to hear it in his own words. 
Let's play that. Isn't that good? I should preach with music behind. I think it would make make me sound a whole lot better, huh? A soul generated by love, driven by love. Love for God, love for people, love for God's people, the church. When you're driven by that love, serving doesn't become isn't an option, it becomes an obligation. Serving becomes something you do out of joy, as it should be. And that's what we should be, a, a, a church full of people like that. We are C2 Church, certainly stands for Christian Chapel, but even more so than that, it stands for the great commission and the great commandment, the commandment to love God, love people, and to serve this world. This morning, I want to bring to you three thoughts on, on loving your church through serving. First is that, my service matters. My service matters. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 reads this way. If you have your scriptures, you can open to that. If you have your U version on any of your smart devices, you can uh, read along on that. It'll also be on the screen. This is the one time during church we give you the opportunity to be on your phone, and it's okay, or your iPad or any smart device. First Peter Chapter 2, verse 9, it simply says this way, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own, so that you may proclaim the virtues of the one who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We are each a priest in the service of God, not just the guy on stage or the people on stage, not the full-time staff. We are all priests, priests to God, priests to each other, serving each other as we serve God. Why does my service matter? But because it, it builds a healthy church. It builds the body of Christ. When you serve, it makes a healthy body of Christ, what we call the church. It creates community. It creates that sense of oneness. I like how the... Bo- bo- I'll get it out. The Bible uses the metaphor 
of a body. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 3. It compares the community of Christ, the church, to a body. This is what the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Romans, starting in verse 3 of chapter 12. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Do not think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving, serve others well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Your service matters, and when you serve this community, the body of Christ, you make it more healthy because you be in the function how you ought to. Paul's warning is not to think of yourself greater than you ought. Certainly there are times when our natural abilities or our positions puff us up and make us think high, highly, more highly than we ought to of ourselves, but oftentimes I think we sometimes think greater of our own circumstances the reason we may not get involved. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but we think maybe our life is more busy than everybody else and our circumstances is much harder than everybody else's. Certainly there are times and seasons of life that they, they are. But can you think of any area of our church that functions without volunteers? I can't. There's not one area of our church that functions or functions well without volunteers. We have a paid staff, many of them part-time or less than part-time, who function in the role of leading volunteers. That is what they are paid for. I often remind them if I catch them doing the work of the ministry that I'll fire them. That that's the job of the church. It's not just the job of the paid staff. And when one body isn't functioning correctly, we have people agreeing with us all over the place. When one part of the body isn't functioning correctly or you have to compensate for it, it really harms the rest of the body. The babies can totally stay. They do not distract me, by the way. I have ADD anyway, so it's a little bit, no. So where was I? The body, yes. (laughs) You ever stub your toe, right? When I stub my toe, every part of me hurts. I don't know why, but I complain about it as if I lost the limb. But, you know, you start to do that limp, and you do that a while, and everything else kind of has to compensate, and, and you start to hurt other places, right? As it is with the church. Uh, when one area is underserved or, or overworked, it starts to have an effect on the whole body. Serving is essential to the functioning of a church community. And when we each do our part, it matters because it allows the mission of God to go forward. The church becomes more effective. The church grows and multiplies. It expands its reach and influence simply because you're doing your part. Your service matters. Jason, last week, your message was challenging. It was uh, just what we needed to hear. And you talked about the church in Acts. In in the beginning of Acts, we see the genesis of the church, the, the beginning of this movement called the church and how they sacrificed to take care of people in their community. They truly lived the phrase, I love my church. 
And it was the people. There's no building. They simply gathered in public spaces at that time. I heard one preacher say it this way. If you are saved, you should be serving. This is normal. This is what the church looks like. A group of people serving together, united by heart and mission. And when you serve, it matters because it frees people up. That's the second thing. It frees others up. It frees up the leader to lead. Come on a Sunday morning and glimpse back in our children's area. If someone fails to show up because they slept in or didn't call and get someone to replace them, the rest of the team is scrambling. And I I know Pastor Ginger oftentimes feels the stress of trying to find someone to cover that area. And oftentimes she'll do it herself or she'll grab somebody else, which we're, we're very thankful for those who step in. But it creates stress, and the leader who's supposed to be leading is now uh, obligated to cover that position. There's no unimportance or uh, any position within our church that is less than any other. They're all valuable. Even C2 Kids check-in. Sometimes people feel, well, it's just a throwaway job. We just need people to operate a computer. It's one of the greatest positions in our church. When you check kids in, those of you who do kids check-in, can I just say thank you? It might get overlooked, but I don't overlook it. You're providing a secure environment for our kids and for our family, so thank you for doing that, and you're, you're helping out the ministry here at C2. When you serve, it matters. It frees up others. And when you do that, others can do more. It creates a great economy of serving within the church. When everybody's adding to the pot their little bit, it creates a great economy And it creates great efficiency. As you do your part, you free up others to do other things that they're really good at, that they're gifted at doing. When you do your part, it matters because there are parents who get to participate in the morning service because their kids are taken care of. Thank you to those who serve in kids' ministry. Wipe noses and change diapers. Right? Because some people in this room get to take advantage of that and they get that breather. Ah, we get to put our kids in the hands of loving and caring people who will give them Jesus every Sunday morning and allow you to grow in Christ and in community. Certainly, Darcy and I have uh, been the recipients of volunteers who've taken care of our our children throughout the years as, as we've served as volunteers and as pastors, and we're thankful for people like that who've invested their lives into our children. Your service matters because it encourages others. Dr. Martin Luther King was an inspiration, and he gave selflessly. In fact, he gave the last full devotion, last measure of full devotion when he gave his life. He knew there were threats to his life, previous assassination attempts, and yet he kept going. And in that, he inspired people. His life was lived as one of selflessness, and sacrifice. He lived what the gospel writer John records Jesus is saying, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains but a seed, but if it dies, it will bear much fruit. And truly the life of Dr. Martin Luther King, when his life was cast to the ground and he perished, it bore much fruit. He was a living sacrifice, as the book of Romans calls it, When you give your life in service, it gives life to others. Let me say that again. 
when you give your life in service, it gives life to others. Dr. King's life motivated people to continue what they were doing. I notice when I see people helping, serving selflessly, it, it motivates me to continue what I'm doing. It makes it worth the while. And Dr. King's life, though it was taken from him, when he stepped up, it motivated other people to continue to do what they were doing no matter what the cost, and it inspired others to join in. Certainly when he passed on, it was an inspiration for those who were on the sidelines to jump in finally. And for those who were already part, it inspired them to continue on to greater things. You could say that the day his life was taken, civil rights were given. Life was given in our country that day because of Dr. King. When you spend your life on behalf of others, it motivates and it inspires. I see my own children who even today are serving. As young as they are, they're in capacities of service and leadership in our church, and they were inspired by people like you who invested and inspired them. Your service matters. The second thing is, my calling is now, not later, not some other day, but now. Certainly there are seasons in life where life is hard. It makes it difficult or impossible to add another thing to the schedule, but oftentimes that isn't really the reason. For those of you who are younger, sometimes the temptation is to say, well, maybe later, maybe when I'm older. That's, that's for old people. I used to think that, and now I'm old people. For those of you who are young at heart, it's easy to say, well, maybe another day, or I already gave. Let us not retire from the kingdom of heaven. My calling is now. I, I like the story in Exodus chapter 36, the first couple of verses, that speaks of natural skill or talent. I really stink at biblical names, but I'm going to give it a shot. I practice them this morning in the mirror. It says this, now Bezalel and Ohaliab, <clears throat> these guys, and every skill for, po- skill for <clears throat> gosh, I'm having real trouble. I need more coffee, that's what it is. Every skillful person in whom the Lord has put skill and understanding to know how to perform all the work in the construction of the sanctuary shall perform in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. Then Moses called these gentlemen, And every skillful person in whom the Lord has put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him to come to the work to perform it. There's a couple things I notice about this scripture, besides the difficult names, is that people are skilled by the Lord. The Lord has placed certain skills in everyone's life. This one happens to be calling for for skilled construction workers for the building of the temple. But each one of us has natural talents or gifts, things that we're naturally good at. Certainly there's an amount of training and practice that that may occur, but when you do it, because of the way God has gifted you, it accelerates exponentially your ability to do it, where people who aren't naturally gifted that way, they can practice all they want, and they won't get any better. There's some singers that I know like that, right? American Idol, perfect example. But my mom says I can sing. Your mom is supposed to tell you that. 
right? There are people that are naturally gifted at certain things. And then when they practice, man, they just accelerate exponentially the gift. But there are places that you're not necessarily gifted. But God has given each one of us something that we're good at. It could be the very trade that you're involved in, the thing that you get paid for every day. I noticed that it also says uh, their hearts, everyone whose heart stirred him. I wonder at times if the Lord stirs our hearts in areas outside of our expertise. We see something and we go, man, I want to jump in on that project. When we have an all-church work day or when we go to El Salvador, oftentimes we ask for people who don't have skill because there are times where God will just grant that to you because of your availability. I always say I can push a broom pretty well. I can do that well. On all church work days, when we come together to decorate or take care of specific projects, when we all come together, it's amazing how we can get the tasks done, even though several of us aren't very skilled at it. But when we come together, our little bit added together adds up to much. It makes the workload lighter and go quicker because our hearts were stirred to simply participate. The word perform is in this scripture. Sometimes we think of church performance as people who are up on the stage and certainly our worship band doesn't perform for you we perform for the audience of one jesus christ we just let you watch and participate but each of us is in performance when we operate on a daily basis with the understanding that what we're doing is worship to god it's performance you're performing as unto the lord you're always on stage for the lord so do it with all your might the bible says so first, the natural talent and skill. The second part of your calling is now a supernatural gifting. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 speaks of this supernatural, Holy Spirit-inspired gifting, starting in verse 4 of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all people. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And then it goes on to list the different kinds kinds of gifts, and I'll let you read those on your own. But this superpower, the supernatural ability, is to be used for the common good of the community called the body of Christ, the church. It's something you simply pray for and ask, I believe, every believer when you step into uh, the moment of salvation, when you start, start becoming a follower of Christ, you are gifted in a supernatural way to do things you didn't, weren't previously gifted. And it goes on to list these spiritual gifts, we would call them. Each one of us has those and is expected and obligated in some regard to offer that in service to our community called the church. I know there are times when I've said to myself, well, I don't really know what my maybe natural gifts or my, my spiritual gifts are. I encourage you to attend our seminar coming up called Discover Your Place. It's coming up February 6th and 7th. It's Friday evening for a couple hours and then Saturday morning for a few hours as well. And in this seminar, we'll walk through what are our natural skills and abilities. You may already know several of those things. And we'll also talk about personality and then spiritual gifts. How has God led you? And hopefully, through this seminar, you'll discover what your place in the body of Christ is. Some people argue over whether spiritual gifts are given for a season or for a lifetime. I don't try to figure out all the things in the mind of God. I believe that they could be both. I believe I've seen people who've been given a spiritual gift for a season and a spiritual gift for a lifetime. But it matters. And your calling is now. It's not something you should or, or need to wait on. 
Have you ever felt like sometimes the things you offer in service to others go unnoticed if they feel maybe useless? You ever had that feeling? If you haven't, watched this video. Some of you have been there. You ever feel like sometimes the things that you do go unnoticed? I can guarantee the person who came out and f- discovered their car cleaned off did not think that man's troubles were for nothing. <laughs> sometimes I think when we serve the church or anywhere in life, it, sometimes you feel like, oh, nobody's noticing. But it's those times I think we need to take stock that someone notices. And if it's only God himself who knows, notices, it's worth it. But our lives are to be spent on behalf of others. There should be joy in serving. We're blessed to be a blessing. I'm reminded of Ecclesiastes 9.10. I spoke of it a little bit earlier. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Do it as unto the Lord. I like that word whatever because we do have skills that we've been given. We have spiritual gifts that we've been given, but sometimes God's will is just whatever. I know some people from the 1990s are saying whatever. All right, I had to do that. Whatever your hand finds to do. I remember in the spring of 1997, how many of you remember the 1900s? Right, okay. 1997, I was a sophomore in in college, and uh, that year we had had a tremendous amount of snow in Minnesota, and along with the spring rain, had created some pretty uh, bad flooding conditions throughout the state. On the western side of Minnesota, it's called the Red River, uh, it flows north into Canada, it actually uh, was considered a 500-year flood. Uh, and in Minneapolis-St. Paul, you got the Minnesota and the, uh, the Mississippi River coming together, and, and there were some pretty treacherous flood conditions. People were on the verge of losing their houses. And I, I happened to see this on the news, and they were putting out a, a plea for people to come and help fill sandbags. And how many of you know filling sandbags is an unskilled job? It doesn't take a lot of effort to do that. So I thought, I could do that. I have, a, I have one day off this week. I don't work. I was going to do some homework and hang out with friends, but I'll go fill some sandbags for a few hours. So I made plans to do that. I, I phoned, phoned the office that, that uh, would give me the information, and they said, great, how many of you are coming? And I, uh, there's one of me. <laughs> I said, you know what, I'll find some other people, and we'll just bring a group. She said, great. So I asked some friends. I said, hey, I'm going to go do this. You want to jump in? They said, yeah. They were inspired. They jumped on. Word got around. They announced it in our chapel. And we ended up with like a group of 20 people heading out to go fill sandbags, which is great, I thought. So we got down there and we started filling sandbags. We just did our part. We spent eight hours that day filling sandbags. We filled maybe a thousand, which we thought, this is a lot of sandbags. They're so grateful that we came. You know, we knocked it out of the park. So at the end, the, the supervisor said, hey, do you want to go down and see where we're putting these? I said, yeah, I want to go see. So we hopped on, on the front loader. We rode down to the river. And just this massive swollen river, right? We get up there and we see the wall of sandbags. And our thousand sandbags took up about three feet. This was a 10-foot high wall by 10 feet wide on an earth berm. 
our sandbags didn't feel like a whole lot that day. And I was kind of dejected. And I said so to the supervisor. I said, we didn't do anything. He said, what you did today matters to that homeowner right there. And we'll just keep at it every day. And it's going to matter to every homeowner that we can build this, this wall for. When you do your little bit, it may just feel like whatever. But whatever your hand finds to do, do it as unto the Lord. Do it with all your might. Ask the question, what needs to be done? And why can't I do that? What needs to be done? And what, why can't I do it? What if something needs to be done and nobody's doing it? then maybe that's what God's calling you to do. It's not necessary, necessarily for a lifetime. I know that's the, the fear sometimes in volunteering at a, at a church. I'm going to have to do this for the rest of my life. Uh, no, if you're doing it for the rest of the life, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> the goal is to work yourself out of a job and find some other su- uh, person, not sucker, <laughs> to do it, to do it with you. I always tell our volunteers, if you're doing it by yourself, you're doing it wrong. Raise up somebody to do it with you. It makes the work much more enjoyable. Work yourself out of a job. It takes ordinary ability with an extraordinary heart as working unto the Lord. Last thing, I, I, I know the last point's going to offend some of you. Part of me says, good, but you'll like it. My excuses suck. Mom, I'm sorry if you're listening to the podcast. I used the word you told me never to use in church. That's funny. All right. But I do want to use this word in context. So here's the, the meaning of it sucks from the Urban Dictionary. Uh, it's crap, a loser, broken, or second rate. Believed to have originated from street racing or traffic light racing in the USA. The slower cars are left sucking the exhaust fumes and smoked rubber tires of the leaders. Examples, I left that rice rocket sucking smoke. The second one, I guarantee you I did not put this one in there. It was on there. Microsoft Windows sucks. I didn't make that one up. I've, I've realized in my life I make excuses for all sorts of things, and oftentimes they are just that, just excuses. Certainly this is a generality uh, in life. But some of the excuses we use and I've used for, for not serving, I'm too busy. I've tried to stop using that word. My uncle says it this way, busy is the next best thing to being effective. <laughs> so when he calls now, I used to, when he called, I used to, he would say, how are you doing? I'd say, good, life's busy. Now I don't say that anymore because I feel convicted. So <laughs> I heard once uh, somebody say this week, the devil isn't telling you not to do it. He's just telling you not right now. Sometimes we just are too busy. Certainly there are times and seasons of life that make it difficult to serve. But I challenge you today to examine those excuses. Are you too busy or have you just simply let other things take priority? I can tell you when hunting season came around, I wasn't too busy to hunt. <laughs> I started learning that I was quickly willing to sacrifice things that were important to me to do what I have found to enjoy. So it causes me to pause and think, am I really too busy or have I just misplaced my priorities? How about this excuse? I serve other places outside in the community, which is great. I love that our church is involved in so many community things, and we should not stop from doing that. But the Lord has commanded us each to be involved in this local church. And we're not asking for 50 hours a week, but how can you find to serve in a simple way? How about I don't feel like I'm a part? I've had people say, well, I've attended this church for five years, and I still don't feel like I'm a part of it. Are you serving someplace? 
that's an easy way to feel like being a part of what's going on. Somebody once said to me, well, this ministry is not organized enough. I said, that's why we need you. <laughs> Actually, I said, uh, well, I hear people don't like organized religion. There you go. You, okay, you're with me. I, you know what? Serving can be messy. And as we raise up leaders, leaders are, are learning as they go sometimes, and it can be messy. People have said, I'm not called, and I'm not feeling it. Um, I don't know that God cares about how we feel, but he is calling you all to something somewhere. I've said this before. Let me pray about it. <laughs> That's my way of saying I don't want to do it. <laughs> I had one person say, I did my time. I'm sorry, is that a jail sentence? <laughs> We're talking about the next generation. We're passing down something that's important for eternity. Someone said to me, I got hurt one time. I was taken advantage of. Well, let me say, if you feel like that, let me just say I'm sorry. There are times when leaders, because we're driven, usually by cause, sometimes by personality, that we overlook people. We make missteps. We might unintentionally hurt you. I know I certainly have unintentionally hurt some people. Some people I've intentionally hurt, but that's another story. (laughs) Being a leader is hard and it's messy. I've been hurt too. You should read some of the emails that come my way sometimes. But that's not a cause to stop serving in the kingdom of God. So let me quote the great philosopher John Nay, one of our great volunteers. Don't suck, serve. Hashtag that, John Nay. Many people come, I said to him when he said that, I said, you know what, I think many people come to church to suck. And he laughed. I said, I think it's true. I find myself at times coming to get and then walk out the door. I just suck what I can out and then I leave. But that's not the intention of this intentional community called the body of Christ. We want to be more than the average church. I encourage you to listen to our podcast when we, uh, on our series called More Than a Church and our other series called Unstoppable. I'm encouraged by the people who serve currently. They inspire me to be a greater leader, to invest more because of the things that they do. And I wish I had time to list all the wonderful people and, and ministries that are going on in our church. Band, would you come as we close today? I really do believe that the church is the hope of the world. If we are to see or to fight injustice and to see modern-day slavery abolished in our lifetime, if we want to rescue child slaves, if, then we need to each do our part. The Freedom Walk mentioned uh, by Rick earlier today is coming up this spring. I encourage you to come to the nefarious screening. We're going to launch the Freedom Walk team that night. Become part of that. You don't have to be someone who speaks well on stage, but what if your gift is administration or marketing? We would love to have you on the team. The church is the hope of the world, and if we want this community to thrive, the community of Columbia, then this community, the body of Christ, C2 Church, needs to thrive and continue to be stronger because this community needs this place as a harbor for those whose life is full of storms, for single mothers with four kids who come in to this church who need someone to love on her and someone to love on her kids. This church needs to be that place. For the next generation, for the hurting, we need to serve our community and continue to partner with organizations like the Food Bank, Love, Inc., and Teen Challenge. Realize this, the church is crippled if you don't serve 
and serve with joy and serve according to your giftings. Close with this statement. Martin Luther King said, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? When I study the life of Martin Luther King, I notice that he did what he could. He did what he could. And then he marched with those who would march with him. But Dr. King, I, I don't know how to march. I've never marched for civil rights. And he says, great, we've never had a civil rights march before anyway. I don't know that he said that. In my brain, that's what he says. But he marched with those who would march. For those who were available, they didn't have to have any skill. They didn't have to have any certain degrees. He simply would march with those who would march, with those who would link arms with him. And that's what we simply ask you to do, is to link arms with all those around you in this movement called the Community of Christ. Close with these four things. Serve according to your ability, according to the need. If something has touched your heart at, at this church, a certain ministry, jump into that ministry. If you see a need, jump into that. If there's an express need by one of the leaders, jump into that. Serve according to your gifts and abilities and serve according to what God has asked you to do. I love you. I love my church. Let's pray. Father, you're the creator of all things. And this morning, you've inspired us. As we've looked to your word as guidance for our lives, would you lead us, guide us? Find us not to be ones who sit on the sideline, but dive in with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To the, God be the glory, to the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, we are so glad you listened in. If you're looking for ways to get connected and start serving here at Christian Chapel, please go to our website and click on Next Steps.